The city of Owensboro is about to take on two large projects, the demolition of Gabe's Tower and the relighting of the Blue Bridge. We're going to discuss those two projects as well as hear from new city government reporter Trey Crumby. So stay with us. This is Inquire. From the Mr. Inquire, I'm Don Wilkins, and with me is our city government reporter, Trey Crumby, who is joining me here on the podcast for the first time. And Trey, um, we're going to be talking about two big projects that the city right now is kind of getting underway. One is the relighting of the Blue Bridge downtown, and the other is the demolition of Gabe's Tower, and I know, you know, there are there are folks here uh, in Owensboro who don't want to see Gabe's Tower uh, demolished, um, but then there are a lot of folks who do. So, um, you know, because it has become an eyesore, and you know, there's not many parts of this town you can't not you know because it, it it rises above everything and. So it is a deterrent whenever you're trying to do things and as far as to beautify certain areas of of a city. And, and certainly that area there, they have tried for the past uh, more than a year, what they call the triplet twist, to revitalize that area. And they've invested quite a bit of money in that area, and but yet we still had Gabe's. And then there was the whole back and forth between the city and private owners. And so... Those are two of the topics we're going to talk about, and then also uh, kind of an introductory to you and kind of uh, how you how you got to be here at the Messenger Inquirer, and so we'll give our, our listeners some insight uh, as far as your background. So, so Gabe's Tower, so what is the latest on Gabe's Tower, Trey? Well, um, the bids were opened um, uh, Thursday after being open after the city sent out the bids uh, earlier this month, so they had about a month to uh, receive bids. And um, 22 bids were received, which was a bit more than what some city officials were expecting. Um, Wayne Shelton, who's the director of public works, uh, previous, previously said he's only expecting about seven or eight bids, so this is about triple what he was expecting. Um, so now the now the process is there's going to be a um, evaluation team um, appointed by Kaylin Fox, who's the purchasing agent for the city of Owensboro. She's going to appoint up to five city employees or consultants to review the bids, score them on various aspects such as the bidder's experience, the price, um, things of that nature. And then there's also a, a negotiation phase before the bid is actually uh, before the bid is actually awarded. And I know they have put out this number six hundred thousand dollars to demo, um, you know, it's, it's, how many stories, remind me how many stories that the tower is? Uh, 13 stories. So 13 stories high, and so it's not like they can come in there and just put some dynamite under, dynamite under it and implode it like they did the executive end, um, but you can go on YouTube and, and check that out if, if you want another history lesson here. Um so, you know, this is something that they're probably going to have to they, have they have they really talked about how the envision is to come down. I'm I'm, an, I'm assuming they're going to, have to kind of take it down piece by piece, so whether and maybe start from the top and work their way down. Have they given any indication how that's going to be handled because it is sitting right there in the middle of a populated area of the town. 
Right. Um, I, that would be up to the bidders. The, the city officials really haven't um, said much on how gave, how that tower would come down. Um, going off what you said before, I mean, you're right. This is in a very populated area with not only homes where people live, but businesses. So it's not like you can exactly just blow it up. You have to be very methodical about it. You have to put up a fence. You have to do all these sorts of things to make sure that you can stay, you can safely take down the tower without it disrupting the homes and businesses nearby. Yeah, in a conversation you mentioned, Wayne Shelton, uh, I had a conversation with him, and whenever they had put it out for bid for people to rehab it, and, you know, that was, <laughs> that was one of those things where I think they were they were doing it for a couple of reasons. I mean, one, it was a process because it is – uh, what, what a 55, 56-year-old structure? Roughly 56 years. Yeah. yeah. And because of its age, there's there's a historical component to it. You know, if they want grants uh, through the you know historical registry and, and the federal and the feds. and So there's some things that they've got to do regardless if it seems like it's, it's going to be a fruitless effort because anybody – knows that have seen this it's going to take a lot of money it would take a lot of money to rehab this thing back into where it was a livable uh facility again and so for, you know for folks you know who want to save it i get it i mean it was i mean i remember going going there as a kid and uh, walking through it and it was a neat place uh, at the pool on top and you know you could see for miles from the top and so i, I get the nostalgia of it but it's easy to say save it whenever you're not the one spending the money to save it. So, so I, I, so I get it, but at the same time, if, if, if you're not going to save it, then you've got to bring it down in order to, to get that area back to where, you know, that's, that was the whole point of the triplet twist is to revitalize that area that people, you know, would want to invest in. So, and, and as part of that, if I'm, if you can correct me if they've changed direction on this or not, Trey, is they're wanting to take the transit system that's downtown, the buses, and put them in that either on that site once it's all brought down. Is that still the direction they seem to be headed in the city? Yes, that, that's still that's still an idea that's floating around. And, and do you know what's anything that's involved? Because there would be federal money involved with this as well, and I think that's part of what they're trying to do here is make sure that whatever direction they go, you know, they're they're wanting to make sure that federal money follows it. Is there? Anything at all that they're wanting, you know, maybe a, maybe putting up a plaque, you know, here was the Gabe's Tower, I don't know. Right. I haven't heard anything about that, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's definitely some inter- some interest in citizens out there who would probably want to keep, I don't know, maybe a, a piece of brick or cement or what you said earlier, like a, pro- a plaque just to, you know, uh, commemorate that building. Because it is a very historic building, it served as a hotel for a number of years. Sat empty, but I mean, it's a very obviously a very iconic building in Owensboro, and obviously once it's torn down, I'm sure you would want to keep some sort of memorabilia or plaque to keep that memory instilled in Owensboro for generations. There might be some as- asbestos left over. You know, you could come and, and collect. <laughs> and, you know, and, yeah. and, and, um, so now we have the uh, the other big project is the Blue Bridge. <sighs> Back, uh, it's been a few years ago now, uh, whenever they went to paint the bridge, um, they had these lights, uh, just just kind of like lights you'd hang out, uh, like outside your house, uh, the, the incandescent lights. Or what, is that the proper term? Do you know, Trey, what 
just regular old light bulbs, I guess, essentially is what they used to have that ran that ran along the bridge to just just gave it a little glow essentially um nothing nothing spectacular about it we're now they're wanting to do something pretty interesting with it and and talk about what the city plans to do with the relighting of this bridge and how they're going to go about it right well the the, uh, the bridge has been dark for a number of years i believe in 2013 um it was dark when uh unfortunately a a tragic accident happened where someone actually died um, during a, I believe it was a routine paint, repainting of the bridge. Um, so it's that dark. But now um, the city is uh, actually on February 3rd, Monday, um, a, a company's going to come in and start start taking down the old lighting system and then re- reinstalling a new one. Uh, assistant manager, assistant city manager Leland Hancock hopes to have the project finished by um, by July around that area. And uh, what they're going to do is um, these lights, they're going to be, obviously, they'll be blue lights, but they'll be able to change colors as well. Uh, Leland Hancock talked about how the bridge might be lit up pink or red for Valentine's Day or red or green for Christmas. And he also spoke about um, having, like, the lights flutter, uh, like some sort of light show to go along with the Owensboro Air Show when that comes back in 2021. So these lights, it's not just going to be blue. It's going to it's going to be able to light up and do a whole bunch of fancy stuff as well. Yeah, the way I under the way I understood it is that for the most part, it's going to have this, I guess, a blue hue to it until maybe a special occasion or a holiday. Right. Uh, and these LEDs, you know, they'll, they'll last, um, you know, a couple of decades. Uh, I just now, here in the last couple months, put up my first LED light up and in my house and they say it's going to last you know 20 years and so uh i don't know how these light but well i know how they're making light bulb companies are making money off of this because they're you know they're 10 times as much expense as a regular light bulb and so they're getting their money up front you know that's how they're they're doing it instead of on the comeback um and and so then we're talking about cost here how much we talking about uh that they're the city's going to be spending to to relight a bridge about about 1.9 yeah, one point nine million. So quite a bit of quite a bit of change there. Yeah, and because initially they were, I think, under a million right. uh, initially, and and so then it, when it came back, it was more than what the city and and, and, and to their credit, you know, it, it was actually over two million. You know, uh, the original bids, and then they went back and did some tweaking and did get it under uh, a little under two million, the one point nine. A million or so and they you know they say they have the money to do it um through through some various ways and uh, and it is part of our the tiff program that we have down downtown so they'll get reimbursed some of that money that they invest into this project so though you know the those two big projects are going to be happening uh this year uh, within the city and something that trey is going to be keeping an eye on so how does this work when you say it's going to start on monday for traffic, what would people who are going to be traveling the bridge? What are they? What should they expect? That, that might be the unfortunate news here. Um, they're going to close the bridge is two lanes. They're going to close um, one section of the bridge uh, about four hundred feet or so. So it'll be so that length will be about one one lane, and they'll have some sort of uh, automated system, I believe, to have um, traffic control. Now, obviously. There's going to be there's going to be delays, but Leland Hancock, the city man, assistant city manager, said they'll do their best to 
prevent delays, but of course delays are going to happen when you reduce a two-lane bridge down to one, at least partially. Yeah, and whenever the bridge was being painted, I mean, they, they shut the whole bridge down. I mean, there was no delay. There was no, you know, you had to take a legit detour. And frankly, you know, there were businesses along that stretch of highway there that took, that takes you into Indiana there um, that were hurt by that. And, and so imagine, too, if you lived along that stretch and then you had to take another long detour, you know, if you worked over here. And so that's no fun. And so at least, if you remember that, I mean, at least they're going to have it open at least one lane um, to be able to travel along that bridge. So, Trey, you know, you've been here now uh, a month and a half. You know, you're a new city government reporter. And so, you know, give give folks kind of your background and, and how you got here to the Messenger Inquirer. Uh, from, from Lexington, Kentucky originally. Uh, graduated from Western Kentucky University about an hour away from here from Owensboro. Uh, I've been, a, been in various newspapers. Uh, the Kentucky Standard in Bargetown, uh, Herald Leader in Lexington, my hometown. Uh, worked for worked for state government a bit actually with the um, House of Representatives. Um, I was on their communications team, um, and after that, I did a. Uh, I was about. I spent about a year at the News Enterprise in um, Elizabethtown, and uh, recently found my way over here. So been been a little, been a pretty much all over. Not all over the state, but at least in this, at least in the central area. And so in th- during your month and a half here what have you have you been in i guess kind of touring the city i mean have you eaten at moonlight yet i have yeah so is it i mean did it live up to your expectations it did it did i i had heard that like owensboro was the barbecue capital of the world it seems like everyone's adopting the capital of something nowadays but no it was it lived up to the hype it was it was really good barbecue and i've spent time in lexington my wife graduated from uk uh, I'm a I'm a Western uh, grad myself, so uh, you know it's always good to have a fellow hilltopper, uh, you know, in the newsroom. You know, and and the towns are I mean they're they're different, no doubt. Um, but how do you find you know we don't have a new Circle Road here, you know? So uh, how have you found getting around Holmesboro compared to Lexington and just what the city has to offer? I mean, what'd you think about? You know the downtown. You know the riverfront. Whenever you first saw it, did you, had you ever seen it before? Your expectation of what you know what that was about? Oh, oh, riverfront, riverfront was beautiful. Um, Lexington, obviously being landlocked, there's no you know riverfront. There's just mountains and parks. <laughs> so it, it was a big change. Um, so I mean, really, really scenic view. Um, as far as getting around, traffic's obviously a lot better, with with the exception of. 54 in rush rush hour but i mean you can get to anywhere you want pretty easily in, in lexington some roads are just yeah it's, it's a lost cause trying to go there it's sometimes sometimes a day so uh, transportation here is obviously flows a lot better you know it's bro than lexington and you know and and, and and i know it's hard in a month and a half to really get a feel of, of someplace but um you know as far as community journalism you know you you've talked about you you work you know, did some time there at the Lexington Herald Leader, Elizabethtown. The community journalism here that we practice here, I don't know how much it is different from there. But what have you seen here since you've been here as far as of how, you know, the, the newspaper itself here and, and, and how we practice community journalism and, and the importance of it? Um, I'm really liking it. All the team members seem to work together cohesively. 
Um, it's not. It's not some of this. It's not like where one person is like self-appointed king or queen of their beat, so to say, which is the areas we cover. Uh, we all have a vested interest. We all care. Uh, like for example, um, Jim Mays, who reports on who reports on state government and cops and crime. Um, sometimes he he and the education reporter Bobby May Bobby will work together on certain certain aspects. So it seems like everyone cares. Everyone loves this community, and we all we're all trying to do our best to inform the residents about what's happening in the in a, in a community where they work, live, and play. Yeah, in in. You know, one of the things here that that I've always fostered, anyway, is that yeah, you guys do have your own beats, and that's for a reason. I mean, we want you, you know, to get to know your sources and and just get to know, you know, so that way you become essentially an expert in that particular beat. Before long, you know, when you're here six months to a year, you're, you're probably going to know more about Owensboro than you want to know. Um, but that's but that's Purposely, you know, you get to the point where you're attending, you know, the commission meetings and you know how each one of them are more likely going to vote. You know, you know, uh, for whatever, you know, you know, their policies, you kind of know their, you know, their thought processes and why they're voting that way. Um, so just, just so there are reasons. But at the same time, we also foster the idea that, hey, just because you, you find something, a story across your path, but it may not be your beat per se. You know, if you want to tackle it, you know, we say by all means, uh, you know, have at it because, and to me, you know, if you're excited about something, uh, a particular story, that means you're going to put even, you know, more effort into it and you're going to care about it. It's not that we don't care about, you know, you guys don't care about the stories you do on a daily basis, but, but you see what I'm, where I'm, where I'm going with this. I mean, any story, you know, you've you've had stories though that you've been excited about. I'm sure to write it, and and you and you can just tell that it just just by when you read it that it was just something special to you. Right. Yeah. Like one story I really enjoyed. Um, sounds sounds gonna sound boring, but the RFPs for the new um, for the new senior senior uh, senior center. Um, they're gonna try and uh, hopefully turn the old one into housing, or maybe demolish it. Uh, bids aren't open for a few more months, but, but that'll be a future story. And uh, build a new senior center, which is used to, it formerly for, served as a school, um, but now it's, I mean, it's outgrown. I think they get 500 to 600 visitors a day, so they want bigger space, and I don't know. It's just it's just things like that, like buildings and new things that, yeah, I'm really excited about. And, and, and folks who aren't, you know, policy guys or watchdog guys and uh are probably saying what in the world are you getting excited about that sort of thing for but you know for us you know who cover government who cover public policy you know writing about these sort of things you know we do get giddy about you know and um because we know that we're, we're hopefully bringing uh keeping the public informed and, and letting you know you know what's going on within the city and you know, and I'm happy to. I'm happy you're you're here, Trey, because I did that beat uh, for several months until we we filled the position. And and even Joe, even though I I enjoy doing watch, watchdog journalism, uh, what I don't enjoy is doing uh, multiple multiple positions. <laughs> you know, so um, and and that time that I did the city beat, 
you know, you talk about Leland and, and, and Mr. Shelton and the mayor and, you know, worked well with all those guys. And um, so now I'm back to, to doing the podcast and my features editing position and and especially this podcast, which we, we've been more missed lately than hit. So any final thoughts, Trey, before we get out of here? Um, I'm loving no one's bro. I mean, really friendly community, um, tons of things to do, uh, really bubbling economy. You can care that every, like nearly everyone has a vested interest in this community. They want to see it get better, um, not just with like downtown, but all over, which is something I really enjoy. I like it when residents take a stake hold in the community they live in or work in or play in. So, I mean, I'm, I'm loving here. I'm loving it here and hope to stay for a few years. And that will wrap up our show for this week. I want to thank Messenger Inquirer City Government Reporter Trey Crumbie for joining me. To send us questions or provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquire.com. Remember, you can find us on the Messenger Inquirer's website, Facebook, and iTunes, where you can subscribe to Inquire. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquire.